0: Hello, everybody. My name is Damon, and I am an adult services librarian here at Cromaine. And today I am joined with.
1: My name's Megan. I am the adult services manager at Cromaine.
0: And we are here today to have a new series of podcasts that I am starting where I interview various librarians within Cromaine to learn the nitty-gritty about them to kind of get to know them on a personal level. Megan has graciously agreed to be my test subject number one. So Megan, let's just start off. What is your role here at Cromaine and how would you sum up what you do here?
1: So my role as the adult services manager is to oversee the adult department. So that includes purchasing books. It includes budgeting for all of the purchases throughout the department, and I supervise three amazing full-time librarians. Seriously, adore all of you guys. So really the biggest part is just kind of overseeing everything that happens in the department. I also do programming, so I love to do different like crafty events and desperately, desperately wish that I could do my recipe club again because that was such a great group of people every month where we met and chit-chatted and ate food which I mean who can say no to free food really
0: yeah that sounds absolutely amazing I next time you have one of those programs in person when it's possible again I'm gonna have to step in just so I can eat some delicious food
1: definitely definitely
0: um so I I do know that you haven't always been a librarian what did you do before that
1: Before I became a librarian, um, actually my bachelor's degree is in social work, but I decided to kind of not go into that field because I am a sensitive soul and I just couldn't handle that kind of stress. Plus, most of the positions that I was qualified for paid less than I made at the bookstore I was working at. So I um, remained a bookseller and um, bookstore manager for eight years before deciding to uh, leave that world and enter the library world.
0: So what made you decide to switch to actual library work over continuing within the uh, book selling world?
1: Anyone who's worked in retail knows that it definitely wears on you after a while. So that was part of my decision. And actually, I hadn't really completely considered librarianship as a career until I was having a talk with a coworker one day. And just out of the blue, she said, why aren't you a librarian? And I was like, yeah, so I don't know why I'm not a librarian. So... (laughs) That night, I actually went home and started doing the research on what it takes and what kind of degree was needed. So that was just like that little impetus that I needed, a little kick in the pants to get me out of retail and into another book-related profession that I love.
0: Totally. Now, I, I know this, obviously, because I'm a librarian, but a lot of our listeners may not know what was needed for you to become a librarian. I mean, I know that a lot of people I talk to don't realize that most librarians have master's degrees. And yes. Yeah.
1: yes, that was something I wasn't aware of before I started the search. I, I, since I already had a bachelor's degree, I didn't have to, you know, then earn a second one. Basically, most schools will accept you with any sort of bachelor's degree if you're um, planning to get your master's in library science or library and information science, which is what mine is. Yeah, there's all kinds of programs out there. Uh, mine was through Wayne State University. And was almost entirely online, which was fantastic, especially at that point, I was working two jobs. So it was really a help. There's still in-person universities. There's online programs all over the country to get your master's.
0: Totally. I I had a very similar experience myself. I also went to Wayne State. I also did it. um, For me, it was 100% online. And yeah, that was so convenient to be able to do it that way and be able to work during the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when I started my program, it was before they were officially totally online. And I took all online classes anyway. I only had to go to campus, I think, like three times throughout my entire year-long advanced master's. So that was fantastic to only only have to drive to Detroit once since I live an hour away from there.
0: Wait, you did it in a year? I did. And it was horrible.
1: <laughs> I don't recommend anyone do that, especially because I was working two jobs. That was insanity. I was like, well, at that point I had started working as a part-time library assistant at a library near me. So I was doing full-time and then cut down to, you know, part-time at the bookstore and doing part-time at the library. And the reason I went for the advanced program was that I was told by the director of the library I was next in line to get a librarian position and then the economic crash of 2009 happened and was laid off so that was a fun time but that's the the only reason I went straight through for a solid year you know all four semesters full-time and it was terrible it was so stressful
0: so I I don't recommend it.
1: No, don't do it. Don't
0: anybody do it. <laughs> yeah, for, for those of you listening, the current requirement at Wayne State is you take 36 credit hours of graduate school level courses. And they recommend that you take generally around six credit hours per semester. So for me, I did it in six semesters. I did it in two years because I did summers. But imagining fitting that into a single year, it's just mind-boggling. So uh, go you, Megan. Um, more power to you. Save some money that way. but. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. um, My final semester was, there were tears involved and not good tears, not tears of joy, tears of like, oh my gosh, what have I done to myself? Why did I do this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you said you've been a librarian for how many years now?
1: Um, Since 2009, late 2009. So I'm I'm on 11 years, coming up on 11 years.
0: Yeah. During that time, you must have had a Many good experiences, many bad experiences, well, I'm sure. But <laughs> what is your favorite part about being a librarian?
1: Um, I well, that's hard. So <laughs> there's I I'm going to say two things. One is the the answer that is true. I do love to work with people. I love meeting new people. I love to be able to help people, and I love recommending books. The other part that is awesome is you qualify for so many advanced copies of books. So (laughs) I get to read a lot of my favorite authors months before they come out, which I know that's not like the answer that I'm supposed to give, but oh my gosh, (laughs) I do love that.
0: See, I'm glad you gave that answer though, because it's such an honest answer. And I I totally agree with you, but I am so behind on all the arcs I have. I was more excited about that when I had more reading time.
1: Yes. So for me, I am a sucker for the E-galleys. And I kind of collect them on my Kindle at this point and don't always read them as quickly as I should. But, you know, I get there eventually, generally. But yes, that is one of my favorite things. But but truly, I mean, I will go back and say I do really enjoy helping people. But that kind of goes with the territory. Like you you kind of have to love helping people to uh, to pursue a public career of any sort.
0: Oh, totally. For sure. With that being said, what would you say is the worst or... I guess maybe the most challenging part about being a librarian?
1: Um, There are some things. I mean, budgets are always hard to fall in, especially when millages aren't approved and things like that. So, I mean, budgeting can be really difficult, but also here's my other honest answer. I have over 600 books on my to read list right now on Goodreads. And that is after cutting out like 200 titles in the last couple of months. 200 books that I decided, nah, maybe not. And I still have over 600 in my to-read list. That is hard. Who has time to read all that? But so many good books keep coming out. I I just, I think I like to hoard book titles. Maybe that's what it is.
0: If it makes me feel any better, I know somebody who has their to-be-read list in the thousands. So Whoa. 600 suddenly does not sound so bad. But um, <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. By the way, uh, listeners, we did record an episode with Heather a while back talking about managing our two B red list, and you can uh, listen to that to hear about more of first how we make our two B red list and how we how we do it. So let's talk about books then. What is the best thing that you read recently?
1: So I've read a lot of really great nonfiction recently. I actually purchased our nonfiction for adults here, so of course I find so much good stuff. So one of the ones I read in the last couple of months that I really liked and found really helpful was a book called Breath. And the author's last name is Nestor, N-E-S-T-O-R. I don't remember the author's full name, but it was really, it's like centered around the lost science or the lost art of the science of breathing. So it talks about how our breathing has changed like based on our posture and how our breath can calm us or even like get us more riled up. I thought it was going to be kind of dry. Glenn recommended it. So I read it and I was really, really interested in it. And it's got some great breathing exercises um, throughout and toward the back of the book too. But I really, I felt very connected to that book because as someone who does get pretty rough anxiety, sometimes just remembering to take those deeper breaths and to breathe regularly and not shallowly has helped. So there's that one. Another one that I really, really, I've read it a couple of times now um, is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Excellent fiction. Excellent. So it revolves around a girl who is, I guess the best way to, to say it without giving too much away is that she awakens in a library where all of the possibilities for her life are stored in different books. So she goes to a shelf and she can live out those choices that she didn't make. And um, it all wraps up at the end. It's super, super interesting. Very well written. Both the print version and the audiobook version are fantastic. The audiobook is narrated by, now I'm forgetting her name, but she was phenomenal for it. So those are a couple that I've read lately that I really, really liked. Oh, one more. Lenny Kravitz wrote a memoir called Let Love Rule. And I, as a teenager in the 90s, was all about some Lenny Kravitz music. So I loved listening to his audiobook for this one because he had such a strange, interesting life. And I mean, as you would guess, most rock stars did. Um, but it started with his childhood. It, he was the child of an African-American mother, and she was actually on the Jeffersons. So he grew up surrounded by fame as a child. And his father was... I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly what he did, but he was white. And so he grew up in this racial divide, America. And it was just really, really interesting. And hearing it from his own voice narrating the audiobook, I think really made it that more special to me.
0: It was also fantastic. I definitely admit I have the Midnight Library sitting on my table at home, just waiting for me to pick it up and read it. I've been told by so many people to read it and um (laughs) i know grace just did it as one of her book clubs last month so it's one of those that i i really need to take the time to dig into
1: you Um, do it's so good you'll love it
0: yeah totally i feel like i might actually know the answer to this already based on previous conversations (laughs) but i'm curious who some of your favorite authors are
1: okay so anyone that has um Talk to me ever about my favorite authors, already know it's Neil Gaiman in all ways. I love and I'm totally obsessed with Neil Gaiman. So he writes, um, he definitely writes some fantasy and he writes realistic fantasy, if you could call it that. Um, But he also has written some children's books too. And uh, yeah, he's my very favorite. But I do have some other favorites too. So I've been on a Brene Brown kick, she does self help particularly dealing with uh, vulnerability and shame and how accepting those things about yourself can make you more open to wonderful experiences going forward. So I really, really appreciate her writing. And then two more is just Margaret Atwood. She is so classic. I love her so much. Definitely a big dystopia writer, which is one of my secret, uh, favorite, wonderful, favorite categories ever uh, that are so disturbing. And I love them. So her book, Orcs and Crake, I've talked about with other people in the past. So strange, but so, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I like really weird books. I'm just going to come out there and say that. So a lot of times when people ask me for recommendations on what I read, I have to be careful because a lot of people don't like the same kind of stuff as me. So I try to be really aware of what other people are asking for before I give suggestions because really not everyone can handle Margaret Atwood or Neil Gaiman or basically any of the, the fiction authors that I prefer. Oh, and then the last one, Matt Haig, Midnight yeah. Library. I've read quite a few of his. He, he also writes nonfiction and they are fantastic. His nonfiction all revolve around mental health. So okay. I'm all about that.
0: I honestly didn't realize he wrote, I, I had only heard his name through the Midnight Library. So um, oh. I almost thought that was his debut book. And yeah, that's that's really cool.
1: Now he's been around for a bit. He's got some fiction novels too. I think I've only read one or two of them, but the nonfiction, I really enjoy it. And he's also a great presence on social media. I don't really social media anymore, but every once in a while, I do pop on Instagram to check out what's going on with his feed because he is so... Uh, Mental Health Positive and with May being Mental Health Awareness Month, I've definitely been checking in a little more often with both his feed and, you know, all of my friends making sure everyone's doing all right.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I've got to make you choose now. What would you say is your number one all-time favorite book of all time?
1: Ah, Damon, No.
0: (laughs) You knew it was coming.
1: You knew it was coming. And I've been thinking about it because I knew I was going to be asses and I just... (sighs) All right. American Gods, Neil Gaiman. I read it based on the cover in I think 2001 or 2002 when I was working at B. Dalton Bookstore, which sadly doesn't exist anymore. They were swallowed up by Barnes & Noble. But I loved the cover on it. It was just this dark black and green cover and it had a tree on it like and I'm I love trees Mm -hmm. so any sort of tree it kind of almost reminded me of like a Tim Burton tree just at a glance and I had to pick it up and I read I read it through in like two days and I had never really been much of a fantasy reader before but that one got me so that's my all-time favorite but I mean really also the first real (laughs) book that that got me hooked on reading at all was The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Ooh. Uh, it was my first Scholastic Book Fair book. It was the first, you know, real kids novel that I read and really, really got sucked into reading. So that's always that's always in my list, too. But my my more modern favorite is definitely American Gods. I read it at least once a year. The TV show that came out, eh. That's all right. I was
0: just about to ask you what you thought of it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I'll be honest, it started off okay. It started off like the book. And then because it was popular, they stretched it far too long. I think the book's only like 350 pages or something like that. But they made multiple seasons out of it. And it just, it's not, that's not my favorite. I watched the first season, I started the second one, couldn't stand it because they just they stretched out everything so far when in reality in the book it happens fairly quickly. So that was that was kind of disappointing for me, but I'm all about the book and they even came out with a new audiobook recording a few years back that was a full cast audio recording. So that was pretty interesting to you. Even even if you just listen to the original audiobook version, it's fantastic. The narration is great
0: that sounds really really neat with the full cast recording i love when audiobooks do that have you ever listened to any of the graphic audiobooks so they're like graphic audio a movie for your mind it's oh my
1: gosh it's fantastic
0: (laughs) no seriously they they add sound effects and everything um it's full cast like you were talking about and it's really really interesting i um listened to one by brandon sanderson and it's, it's interesting comparing it with the book because things that are written out in text in the book are sometimes converted into actual sound effects. And it's it's fascinating. I wouldn't want to do it on like a first read of a book, but it's super immersive.
1: I have not listened to one that's quite to that level. I was listening to one over the winter, driving to work back and forth. And I don't remember which title it was at the moment, but it had sound effects that scared me. So one of the sound effects was like this vibration sound that I think there were like vampires in the room or something. And I thought seriously, something was wrong with my car because I had it turned up kind of loud to counteract the, you know, the sound of the tires on the road. And I was really sucked into it. And all of a sudden I just hear this loud vibration. I was like, what is going on? Oh my gosh. (laughs) No. So it was a moment of panic, but I got over it.
0: Yeah, at least the ones I'm talking about make it very clear at the very beginning of the audiobook. Like, there will be sound effects in this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one didn't say anything at the start about having sound effects, so it totally scared
0: me. Hmm. So let's move away from books and libraries a bit. And I am dying to know, do you have any secret talents?
1: Define talent to me, because there are things that I do that I'm not sure that that's really a talent unless other people think it is.
0: Something that you are really good at, but I have a pretty broad definition of talent. Like it can be anything.
1: So one of my best talents is cooking vegan food. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love a lot of food, really, in general. But when I taught myself how to cook, it was when I was laid off. From a job, and I was in my mid to late 20s, mostly late 20s. And I finally was like, okay, I can't just eat junk food every single day. I can't microwave my food every day. I got to figure something out. So that was where I started with just vegetables and then moved on to all kinds of vegan cooking and actually had a vegan blog for a while and did um, recipe testing for some fairly famous vegan bloggers and cookbook writers so that was pretty
0: fun you need to send me this blog immediately because I need to check this out is it still up and running I mean sounds like you're not adding to it still but
1: it does not really exist anymore I stopped Ah. paying for it I know I and I actually regret it because I did not remove all my recipes so there's a lot of stuff that I made at one point and was like this is amazing I'll never forget it and then when I stopped paying for my website I was like oh they're, there's all my recipes. They're not there now. I have used like the Wayback Machine online and gone back in time to when my website existed so I could find my cupcake recipes.
0: That is amazing. Do you have like a favorite dish you make?
1: Oh my gosh. So my actually my very favorite thing to make is vegan biscuits and gravy. Ooh. It's oh, breakfast of the gods in my opinion. I love creamy delicious sausagey deliciousness I mean that's really the only way to describe it that's my favorite thing I can make it in my sleep I make it for dinner sometimes basically any time of day I'm up for it
0: all right so when we are all like fully vaccinated and everything I will be heading to your house for some vegan biscuits and gravy because oh, totally. I need that in my stomach. And not to <laughs> mention, it is my boyfriend's like favorite dish. So oh. even better. Oh my gosh.
1: Oh, it's so good. um So my husband is not a vegetarian or a vegan, but he has told me on many occasions, and I actually believe him because he doesn't lie about food. He has said, this is the best biscuits and gravy I've ever had. And so whenever we used to go to restaurants for breakfast, he would always get theirs and be like, this isn't as good as yours. And I'm like, <laughs> yes! yes. And it's not doesn't, bad for you. <laughs> mine
0: did not even have real sausage in it.
1: Doesn't Ooh, even yeah. have real butter. Doesn't even have real milk.
0: No <laughs> cholesterol.
1: We're solid. We got this.
0: That is awesome. So obviously cooking is one, but do you have any other hobbies that you like to do?
1: Absolutely. So I like what I call my old lady crafts. I am all about crochet. I can make blankets. Actually, I think that's like the best thing for me to make is blankets. So um, at some point, Damon, I will be making you a blanket because I don't really know how to crochet much else other than giant square objects. So (laughs) I am working my way through everyone I know. And at this point, pretty much every single family member of mine has a blanket or two. And so now it's coming on to co-workers. I'm working on one for Grace right now for her um, belated birthday. So you'll be up next.
0: That is incredible.
1: <laughs> so, okay. Aside from that, I also really, really like to do cross-stitch, which involves a needle and thread and stabbing a piece of fabric, you know, sometimes thousands of times. So that's a fun one, especially after a stressful day.
0: Do you do more embroidery work on that or is your just like the basic cross-stitch Basic pattern. cross stitch, okay.
1: basic patterns. Um, I actually really want to learn embroidery. I've been seeing some really great crafts on Reddit and Pinterest. Of okay, so also another hobby is bird watching, and I really want to combine my bird watching with my old lady crafts and start embroidering birds that I see because I've seen some incredible ones online, and I'm like, mm. how how do you do this? How does that look real? So. That's my next craft when I get tired of blankets because eventually I get tired of it and then take a few months off and go back to cross stitch and other stuff. So that's where I'm headed next. But I really, really love bird watching. Is that an old person craft, too, maybe? I mean, not a craft. Sorry, you should edit that part out. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, there, there's no age limit on any of these. You totally need to get one of those um, video activated bird feeders I keep seeing online. What? Uh, yeah, I, I'll have to look up what they're called, but it's. It looks like a birdhouse and there's the seeds in there and everything and then there's a camera behind it. But when there's motion it will turn on and then you can see Oh my gosh. the birds up close, the squirrels up close, whatever comes and eats.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I totally need one of those. Yeah, and then so you can just like, exit have... it from
0: your phone wherever you are. So like you're at work and you'd be like, Hey, there's a bird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will never get work done. Our bird feeder is super popular. So yeah. It would just be alert, alert, alert all day long. But we love that. It's One of the things that really helps, uh, I think, for my mental health is just being in nature and listening to birds. So I'm all about that. We actually found there's a free app that um, is called Cornell Bird something. Let me double check what it's actually called. Oh, it's actually called Merlin Bird ID. So it uses your location and the date. And then it asks you some basic questions to help you identify the bird that you're seeing. Hmm. So it'll ask you, um, are you seeing it soaring? Is it at a feeder? Is it perched somewhere? And then it'll ask other questions like what colors is it about? What size is it? And then it'll give you um, this great list of birds that it could be based on statistics in your area. And when you click on the bird that you think it is, you can listen to its song um, different songs by the the same species and then show you different pictures of the different phases of the life of the birds so it'll show you like what the males when they're ready for mating look like because that's when they're usually bright and colorful and then what the females look like and what juveniles look like it's really cool though and it shows you their range
0: yeah that sounds super neat related to that sort of I just heard of a fantastic website the other day it's tree.fm And what it is, is it is recordings of bird songs within various national parks around the world, or around the country. And actually, I think parks around the world, too. And then you can just, like, change the station to go to a new park to hear different bird songs. And it's super neat. So check out free.fm. It's totally free. Um, I think you can donate to them as well. But it's, it's really cool.
1: I just had to write that down because I'm so excited about that.
0: Yeah. I feel oh, yeah. like
1: I could just turn that on when I'm working and exactly. just. Exactly. Yes. I mean, yep. I do love to listen to music when I'm working, but Birdsong. Yeah. I'm all about that.
0: Totally. All right, Megan, you know, I'm going to ask you, but what are some of your favorite TV shows?
1: Okay, you know, I love X-Files. Oh, X-Files. Yes. And some of you who have watched our videos that we've posted throughout the uh, pandemic, my work from home days, occasionally have my X-Files poster behind me. So you you may have seen that in the fluorescent green room when I'm on camera. So absolutely, absolutely X-Files. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've watched it since I was a teenager basically and um, I'm still in love with Mulder I don't care what anyone says he is (laughs) my dream husband
0: (laughs) I mean there are worse choices out there than David Duchovny
1: yes absolutely which also by the way while we're talking about David Duchovny is a fiction writer so he has several novels out Um, just putting that one out there which makes me love him even more
0: are there any good They're okay. (laughs) (laughs) The pause. Oh, that's great.
1: Yes. So they're all right. Um, Not for everyone. One of them is about a cow, actually, who is kind of like a person. I didn't actually finish that one. Uh, It was not for me. But he's an okay writer. He also has a band I've never listened to. So I guess I'm not that hardcore of a fan. But Um, I also really like the show on Netflix called I am not okay with this. It's only one season and it was great. And I'm so sad that it's only one season. So I just discovered that and plowed my way through the episodes really quickly. It's fantastic, but I also fall back on Gilmore girls, which is cheesy. I know, but I can crochet in the background and not have to worry about the show. Just leave it playing on in the background so, yeah, that's what I mostly watch. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, there's one more. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a horribly offensive show, and I still love it, which is probably terrible of me.
0: <laughs> hey, no shame in your TV set.
1: <laughs> you know, with that show in particular, I think I like it because it makes me feel better about my own life and my own decisions because mm. their lives are always falling apart, and out of control so I feel like okay I'm on the right track I'm nothing like these people
0: yeah totally I can <laughs> see that all right well now the big one Megan do you have any secret or not so secret literary crushes fictional or author
1: hmm. I would say a character would be Captain Wentworth from Persuasion by Jane Austen I know I know so he stays in love with his girl all these years even though he went away specifically to make his life better so that he could come back and propose to her so I mean that was my first Jane Austen so that's probably why that's that's still my favorite Um, but I also really loved I don't did you ever read Sea of Tranquility it's a teen novel by Katya Malay
0: I have not no
1: Okay, so there's a character named Josh, who is just an all-around amazing person and fella, and he's my other crush. I totally dig him, even though it makes me feel kind of creepy, because he's, I think, 18, and I'm 40 now. (laughs) Still just kind of weird to think about, but yeah, he's just such a great character, though.
0: Absolutely. All right, Megan, we're almost out of time here, but really quick, I'd like to do some lightning round hot seat questions to answer as fast as possible. Favorite superhero?
1: I don't know if she's actually a superhero, but I consider her a superhero. Raven from Teen Titans. I love her attitude. She's my t- my total style.
0: Totally thought you meant that so Raven, but this is even better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite Pokemon? Jigglypuff. Ooh, good choice. So favorite cute. picture book?
1: Um, the monster at the end of this book.
0: Oh, my goodness. Good choice. (laughs) Best friends forever. All right. Uh, Cake or pie?
1: Cake, but it needs to be cupcakes. I just really like frosting.
0: Hey, totally fair. Uh, Best Disney villain? Ursula. Why?
1: Because she's an octopus and she is so stylish. (laughs) I love octopi and um, she's very, like, witchy and I love witchy stuff, so...
0: I, that's the best best reason, though, because she's an octopus. All right, when you were five, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: A veterinarian.
0: Ooh, okay. Um, now, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I do know you are currently obsessed with Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, my uh, gosh. Who is the best villager?
1: I... It's so hard to choose. I think I'm actually going to say Poppy, P-A-P-I, not P-O-P-P-A-Y. Uh, Poppy, he's a horse, and he is one of the lazy characters who makes me laugh every single time I play it. He comes <laughs> up with the most random, bizarre things. Also, um, I accidentally gift him dresses sometimes when I wrap up their gifts and forget to color code like who would get what, mm-hmm. and he likes to wear my dresses, so I'm all about it
0: that's fantastic always got to get your validation there yeah all right best meal time
1: Mm, breakfast Mm. i love me some breakfast
0: i'm a grump if i don't eat it two more quick ones best gatorade color blue light or dark
1: oh there's different ones
0: oh yes there's like four different ones
1: oh i guess i think i think light blue okay
0: the light blue is, like, sky blue, and the other one's, like, royal blue.
1: Yeah, light blue,
0: light okay. blue. And finally, your favorite video game besides Animal Crossing?
1: Tetris. Classic, classic
0: Tetris. I, I started playing that. it in
1: the 80s, and I I freaking love it. It is the best.
0: That is fantastic. All right, Megan, so right before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, what is something you wish you could tell someone thinking about earning their MLIS, that's the Master's of Library and Information Science, or a similar degree, um, like thinking about going to libraries, or somebody that's currently in grad school towards one of those degrees?
1: I would say the biggest thing is to get some customer service experience, whether it's retail, or in a restaurant setting, setting or even just a volunteering somewhere, because in a library, whether it's a university, a medical library, a public library, you're going to encounter a lot of different people, and you're going to need to be able to bridge the communication gap. So, what you know and the terms that you know are not always the same terms that the people coming in know, and you need to be able to interact with all all sorts of people—happy um, people, sad people, angry people—and find a common ground. So, customer service is the way to go. Plus, it doesn't help. I, I mean, it doesn't hurt. Sorry. It doesn't hurt to um, be able to kind of disconnect, I think, from some of the emotion that is involved when people are looking for help. So um, growing a little thicker skin is definitely a benefit in some situations, but definitely customer service skills wherever you can wherever you can find them are very, very helpful to the career.
0: I like that a lot. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for um, agreeing to be my (laughs) subject today. I had a blast talking with you and I hope others have a good time getting to know you a little bit better. Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.
0: Yeah. And uh, listeners come say hi to us at the reference desk someday. We would love to hear about you listening to this episode and your thoughts.
1: Tell us your favorite characters from video games to you.
0: Yes, please. I I will not stop talking (laughs) to you and it'd be wonderful. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.